0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by rapodcast.net. This is episode 320 recorded live on Sunday, August 11th, 2013, and here are your hosts. The man who was ready to record on Saturday, Andy Lowe. Hi. The man who asked if you could record on Sunday, David Pollay. Hey. And the man who is the reason why we're recording on Sunday, Steve Radabaugh. Hello. Another Sunday recording, Dave.
1: Look, not you asked for guests. I brought you guests.
0: Very, very true.
1: You cannot have this every way.
0: <laughs> I just keep on forgetting that like, I have my Saturday recording time set up onto my phone Oh, so to it alert went off me. yesterday? So it went off yesterday. I'm like, why is my phone going off? Why is my phone... Oh, wait. And I forgot to change that over.
1: Like, oh, right. Dave's fault.
0: But I am pleased with this reasoning. Steve, welcome.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. So Steve is here at our our invitation because Steve has well at, we should probably say why we know Steve because this didn't come out of nowhere uh Steve you played with me in 2007 yeah yeah in we, the omegathon the amazing amazing awesome omegathon
2: it was that was quite the experience what round did you make it to two <laughs> two you um, know when they take an, a, an exclusive title for a $600 console I, I really had never played it until the competition. That, that is unfortunate. And the the controls on that game were really kind of wonky. Yep. So um, that was that was definitely unfortunate. But I could say I definitely definitely did a great job at Jenga. Yes. Oh, Jenga. I am still undefeated. <laughs> I
1: I refused to touch the game for a good year and a half after.
0: So yeah, yeah, Steve. This is a good point. Is was Jenga really that hair? tingling Um, as it dave claims it was
2: the problem with django was that the stage was wobbly and the table was wobbly and so it made it that much more difficult um and one of the games lasted a ridiculously long time 90 minutes yeah um the one i was in i kind of took out all the pieces at the very bottom right away to make it super unstable um so ours did not last that long (laughs)
1: There's also the fact that you had like 400 people watching you play.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, that was, yeah, that made it a little extra stressful too.
0: Vindication. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, um, on a side note, uh, neither one of us had a a PS3 for calling all cars. So I actually went to Walmart and bought one and then returned it 30 days later. I know. I remember that. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's genius and evil, evil all at the same time. But it's what got me
2: through that round.
0: I'm like sitting there going, I'm going to do as much as I can to help Dave out because I knew like 90% in my head that if he was going to Japan, who would he bring with him?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely would have been you.
0: So I'm like, I know I'm not in this competition. But, but you're in the competition. I'm in the competition. Yeah.
1: So that's how we know Steve. And of course, through various PAXs in the past couple of years, we've kept meeting and said Hi. And now, Steve, you're on Kickstarter.
2: Yeah, yeah. I started my uh my Kickstarter launch last week um for a game for uh to kind of merge tabletop gaming and tablets together um in more of a way than than normal. Um you want me to Why don't you give a, uh, a quick rundown of what it okay. is? Okay, So what it is is tablets and titans. It's a it's a tabletop RPG where everything is contained within the app. Um there's no additional books to buy, there's no additional um, you don't need to use any dice. Um, you just, you get the app, um, you'll have one person be the GM, everyone else will connect to GM's um, t- tablet, and then you, you know, build your characters right in the app. And uh, what it really does is streamlines the gameplay. So if a, you know, if one person's attacking an orc, the, that person's tablet will tell the GM's tablet that they're attacking how, you know, and all the, the die roll and everything goes with it. Um, sends it across. It resolves everything, and the users just get a notification. Oh, he attacked the orc for seventeen damage or whatever. Um, so playing it is—it almost feels more like playing a, a video game RPG. You know, I've kind of laid out a lot of the the interface to look more like a video game instead of a tabletop game.
0: So you—you've got you and three friends. Everybody has a tablet. Mm-hmm. We're all sitting around a table. Yep. So I do. Do I still need to like really so, talk to the GM? I mean certainly you would. Um the because I mean, part of you know, a role playing game, you're still gonna
2: be telling, you know, say you know, talk about what's going on, what's happening, what your character's doing. I still the all of that role play information, R O L E play, is still um, still verbal communication. Um but you know, and you'll probably tell the GM, Okay, I'm gonna attack that orc and then just click the buttons to make it happen and you know the your tablets will say, Oh, whether or not it and usually um, when I've been playing it, play testing as a GM, I just say, "Oh, okay." So you hit it for you know. I usually verbally say, "Oh, you hit it for seventeen damage," and then say, "Okay, who's you know whose turn is it now?" Um, just because I'm used to doing that with other game systems.
1: So one quick question about that, Andy had mentioned all around the table. This is technically through a network. I assume it, it's through the internet and that you you don't actually need the physical proximity?
2: Um, right now, with the prototype, it's all using Apple's game kit and it does everything through Bonjour. So you either need to be in Bluetooth range or on the same subnet. So, you know, within in the same location. Okay. I, I am going to be implementing, uh, for the final version a no longer, you know, another option to do it through, you know, through the internet so you don't have to be in the same location. Um, but I want to keep that option to have it everyone locally without going online partially because if you know if i don't get a whole lot going on and this is turns out to be a short-term thing then those devices can still play locally without the need for me to maintain a server or anything so you know people aren't relying on me to stick around to keep playing this right
0: now, what type of RPG, did you, did you create the whole RPG structure yourself? Or are you basing this off of like Pathfinder, anything like that? Open D20, what?
2: Uh, it's, it's my own system. Um, it's um, more, a lot of the, the backend stuff is more complex than normal because you have tablets that can handle all the math. You don't have to, you know, simplify any math for people to do. Um, in their heads. Um, And I didn't want to run into the licensing issues with uh, using another system, another company's system, you know, if I, um, or having to implement all of the crazy stuff that goes on in that system. You know, if I'd done a D20 system, that would be a lot of feats and things that don't translate very well to software that would have to be translated to software. Mm -hmm. Um, So so that's why I wanted to go my own route. So what Um, did you choose? So um, right now, so the... The the die roll mechanic is a a two D you roll two D ten and add them together. Um to some it simplifies or simplify, it kinda of normalizes the rolls a little bit. You know, you're statistically you're more likely to get an eleven and a crit. Chance is, you know, more rare. Um so just to kinda of change that probability. Um and I mean I've just kind of built it from there, you know, okay with you. You know, use a weapon, you know, then add the weapon chance, or then the weapon's going to have an attack modifier, add that in. Um, if you're using a special skill, that's going to have an attack modifier, add that in. Um, and then the defender rolls either a dodge or a parry, depending on the type of attack. So, and then, um, and that takes in their weapon skill and their um, parry score. And then I subtract the two and get a spread value. So if you have a larger spread between the attack and the defense, you're going to do more damage than if it's a closer spread. Um, so that that f- your ability to parry something or dodge something will definitely enhance your, uh, you know, change how much damage you're taking when you do get hit. Um, the... The In the setting that it's in everything, I'm trying to keep it a very open system so you can, people can tell their own stories. Uh, right now, the module I have been working on is a generic fantasy type module. Um, but I'm going to be doing more modules to give people more settings, um, like a, a science fiction, a modern. Um, probably Steampunk at some point, just to try to open up so people can play any type of game they want to play with this.
1: Have you thought about opening, like maybe not for for this version, but for a future incarnation of this, opening it up even more so that it's not you publishing the modules, but rather you could sell kind of the rights to publish a module?
2: The way I kind of see that working, um, and of course this is very down the road, um, is kind of the way um, Comixology publishes Comics for people is someone makes a comic, you know, someone would make a module or make something to put out there an adventure path. And I would run it through my store and then give them the lion's share of the profit off of it. I um, just just so that there's a unified location that people can go to to get it. Right, right.
1: Um, does the system currently support fudge factors? I know that particularly when Andy and I tend to d m um we you know if if some really terrible terrible die roll comes out and it 's going to destroy everything. You've the DM always has that choice of like, well, do I let the role stand and just try and take it from there or do we kind of bring it back in a little bit? So does not, the system support that?
2: Not yet. Um I've I've been kind of playing with the idea of that or of even, you know, when a role happens, alerting the DM this is the role. Do you want to let that stand or override? Um so DMs have that chance to change role or to, to fudge, you know, do whatever you know make it so that the pc doesn't die horribly at that moment or you know um, but right now it's it doesn't there's still quite a bit there that needs to be implemented um another thing i'm kind of playing with is some sort yeah. of A lot of systems are implementing like uh, action points or bennies or some sort of point system where players can use it to change a roll or re-roll, something like that. And that's something I'm kind of playing around with the idea with, but I haven't played with implementing it yet.
0: Now, is this going to be for iOS, Android, both, what?
2: So I'm going to be targeting both iPad and Android, but uh, right now it's iPad only uh, for the prototype just because that was simpler to create. Once the Kickstarter finishes, the first thing I'll be doing is working on building up the Android version, get them to the same point, and make sure that they're working together. So that my friend who and has the iPad
1: I, Mini and I have that Nexus 7, we can actually still do this?
2: Yes. Very cool. Very cool. I want to make um, sure this is works with as many things as possible. I want to make sure this works with as many devices as possible.
1: Okay. And then I saw, I think I saw one of the stretch goals is for the phones and that it would work on yep. An Android phone or the iPhone, I assume also the iPod Touch.
2: Yes, um, iPod Touches are kind of a funny situation because right now you cannot and I have not seen a way to start a new project that works on anything older than an iPod touch fourth generation so if it doesn't have a camera it's probably not going to work it, it's going to need to be at least on iOS 5.1 um, which does eliminate a lot of the iPod touches that are
0: probably out there so is this your kind of Apple? is this your first iOS app or did you have other stuff previously
2: I have two uh character sheet apps out um right now one for uh lightweight rpg which is uh put together Dave by Dave trader um, yep we've had him on to talk about it okay um and also i have one out for fate core with a fate Core folio. um i also have a dice roller for fate core out i have i did a app last year for a robotics competition to score the robotics um to score matches for scrimmage matches um and i have a couple others in the works that will be I just need to sit down and get some time with them to get those out the door as well.
0: Cool. Now, what is it like developing... Because uh, I've, I've done a couple Android apps, but I'm just trying to see what it is, how is it developing for iOS? Um, so you pretty much want to do everything in Xcode
2: is Apple's development platform. Um, I know some people will do things in a different IDE and then just move it all over into Xcode so that they can deploy it from there. Um, but it's it's actually pretty well laid out. I haven't um, done a lot with Android yet. Um, the only other real, you know, inner GUI-based programming I've done is um, XNA and, um, and Visual Basic. And it's just much smoother than Visual Basic is by far. Um, it's nice if you, you know, if you drop a button then you just, you know, drag from the button over to the code and drop it and it puts in a reference to the button and I can start coding from there. Uh, it's, it's smooth, easy. It's a pretty good. I think it's a pretty good idea. Um And, you know, I haven't done a lot with Android yet. I'm going to be, that'll be my next thing is to tackle.
0: Now do you do, this isn't your daytime job, is it? Um, it is now. So I, uh, I used to work for a school district. Um, I actually
2: taught computer science for high school last year. Um, And I've, this is, I've moved into now doing freelance um, app development. This is my first project I'm working on at this. Um, I will probably, I will be looking for more um, freelance things, you know, hamburger jobs to do, you know, things to help buy hamburgers, um, but this is my, yeah, right now, this is my full-time job. It's impressive. It's a heck of a risk. I have a very supportive. Yeah, it is. I have a very supportive family. That's good. Um, That's really good. I'm, um, I'm in a situation where I can't do this.
1: I, I can't notice, can't help but notice, rather, that the, the timing of this Kickstarter uh, puts it right on top of both Gen Con and
2: PAX. Yeah, that was uh, a bit on purpose. Okay. Um, I assume you are going at Gen Con to this week? at least one, if not both. Yep. My plan was to go to both. Um, I Looking to PAX, I opted not to do that. Um, part of it was you know, to go as a person was incredibly difficult because I was teaching class the moment they released tickets, so I didn't get one. Um, and to go as a vendor is very expensive and difficult. Um, so I opted out of PAX this year. I'm doing Gen Con. I'll be there this week. I have... A whole bunch of playtest sessions going down there and hope to you know uh, get out into as, in front of as many people as I can.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what was the cost for being a vendor at PAX? You know, off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, too much. I, I didn't dig into it too
2: much because I would started to and... I just, I didn't find a ton of information quickly. So I just kind of and it got to be a lot with, you know, with my family with traveling. Um, There's kind of a little contention there too. Um, so I just kind of dropped it before I got too deep into looking into it. Um, I know a, a booth at Gen Con is 1500 for the week or weekend. And I believe PAX is more than that. And I think the PAX booths sell out quickly too, but I could be wrong on that.
0: Yeah, Having been to most packs, is that you can always tell the exhibitor hall keeps on slowly growing more and yes. more. Yes, it does. So you're not going to packs then either. So that means all three of us not going.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. It sold out in what? Fifteen minutes?
1: A uh, little more than that, but not by much. Yeah,
0: it was that was ridiculous. So
2: be see this will be the second year in a row I have not gone to packs. Yeah. I've kind of hit and miss over the years.
0: So if this is a success, what are your uh, stretch goals for this thing? So right
2: now um, I have – let me see what I, I have to reference back to see which ones I've announced. Um, <laughs> the the first one is to get um, two additional events. So right now when, when you get the game, you pay for it. It's going to come with three adventures um, to play right off the bat. It's going to, I'm going to add two more adventures at 7,500. Um, and then if I hit 10,000, we'll add the modern slash horror module um, to allow people to play, you know, in modern games and give more of those horror type monsters that you would see in like a, a modern horror type game. Um, but you could also use it to play, you know, something, you know, if you want to do like a spy type thing or something like that, there would be that modern stuff in there for that, too. Um, after that, fifteen hundred. I'm going to. I have an add or a level called Necromancy, which I'll add. Um, going to give people access to a uh, magic type for Necromancy for the fantasy, and it's. Uh, I'm also going to add a bunch of additional undead creatures for GMs to use. Um, just to kind of keep with that, of my zombie-themed level or stretch goal? After that, we're looking at the science fiction module, um, add in futuristic technologies, um, and it is that R2 science fiction. Um, that could be used. Every, anything from like a space drama type fly around to a cyberpunk type campaign could be done with sci-fi. Um, i try to make it very broad. And after that, at 25,000 is the phone layout. So I can make it more so it works better on a smaller screen. Okay. And I have more have... planned after...
0: No, no, go, go on, go on.
2: Okay. I do have some more planned after that. Um... Right now, realistically, I don't know how much farther I'm going to get in this Kickstarter, so I'm kind of keeping those cards on the table for now.
1: Right. It's 35% of the way there at this point, though. 24 days to go.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, this week can get in front of a bunch of people. I've got some more uh, marketing coming up this week, so hopefully things will take off and get there even faster.
1: Mm -hmm. So kind of following Andy's last question, he asked about the the stretch goals. I'm going to ask, assuming this is, you know, Wildly successful. What's the next step? What's the next thing after this?
2: Uh, if this is wildly successful, I don't know if there's. I mean, this is going to be my thing for a while. You know, I don't. I just want to keep building it and getting it bigger and better, so that um, more people you know, can try to make it be the end all be all I, You know, things if you want to use tablets for gaming. You know, I haven't looked. You know, to, you know what do I do after uh, Tablets of Titans? I, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see see where where I get to from here. Things I'd like to implement eventually, um, I'm surprised not more people have actually asked about is a virtual tabletop. You know, right now there is no virtual tabletop within. Um, That's something I would definitely love to add, especially for if you're playing remotely. Um, Right now, my playtesting, I just use miniatures on a map, on physical miniatures on a map. Um, So that's a possibility um i'd love to implement a virtual gm where the modules are all kind of pre-scripted out um, much like a read your own adventure or choose your own adventure type book and players can sit down and play through an adventure without having to have a gm there But that is very far down the road Um, some pretty lofty goals yeah those are some pretty lofty goals we'll see see where i get
0: Mm -hmm. well we're looking forward to it thanks all right, Steve, now I'm just curious about this. What is it like being a game developer in Wyoming?
2: Um, so far, it's uh, pretty quiet. <laughs> um, you know, I, when I first moved, because I've lived in Wyoming for six years now, when I first moved here, I thought to myself, you know, what I'll really do It's in the basement and play video games. I can do that in the middle of nowhere. So I told my wife, sure, I'll move to Wyoming. Um, I I don't have, I mean, there's not a lot of other people around to directly um, touch base with. Any of my communication with other people in the industry is going to be online. I'm not, um, you know, I can't just pop by somebody else's office to talk to the talk shop, really. Um, So it's kind of a, you know, solitary type job right now.
1: I mean, I'm sure there are some other game designers out there. Have you started looking around trying to
2: hook up? Um, the, only, the closest thing I know of is a guy who lives in Cody who actually paints miniatures professionally. Um, he does like some of the paint jobs for like some of his miniatures. Like, Wizards of the Coast would send him a mini. He'd paint it up, send it back, and that would get shipped to China to be used as the base to paint all the minis <laughs> of that mold. Um, <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, he's a very talented guy. Um, Eric Brinza is his name. And i it's been a while since I've chatted with him just because I haven't been to Cody in a while. Um, he's the closest I've met to another game designer here in Wyoming. Um, and I mean, part of it is, too, I'm in the rural section. I mean, I my town is 5,000 people. If I want to go to Walmart, I have to drive an hour and a half. Whoa! So, yeah, I really haven't run into any other game designers locally. Um, I'm sure... There's possibility of some being in the bigger cities, you know, Cheyenne and Casper, but not definitely not where I
0: am. Yeah, well, I, there's not much in Wyoming, I'm sorry to say. No. You know, if you get off the interstates, it's a it's a pretty beautiful state. They're, oh, I yeah, no, they, I don't doubt that. I think they put all the interstates
2: to the horrible parts so that people would drive through and say, oh, this place is terrible. Let's never move here. Just can't keep people away. But if you get over the mountains and close to Yellowstone, it's which is where I am, or I guess I'm still an hour and a half from Yellowstone. But um, it's a it's a nice nice
0: area. Man, I've always wanted to go to Yellowstone at that time of the year where all the snow just starts to melt and the waterfalls just break over. That's when I want to go to Yellowstone.
2: Uh, yeah, that's. That's the best time, too, because it's not so full of tourists then. Um, I usually avoid it between Memorial Day and Labor Day.
0: Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yellowstone, don't go during
2: the summer. Yeah. They do a, a deal in the winter um, where you can go. You have to kind of go around it and get, come in through the top park, and you can get to one you know just a little ways, but then you can rent snowmobiles and go in from there. And I really want to do that one of these days.
0: I don't know if I'd trust myself on a snowmobile. I would go slow. <laughs>
2: You, you, you
1: practice with it first, Andy. You, you know, just like go full speed. It's like learning to drive a car.
0: How do you get to Yellowstone? Practice. <laughs> All right, Steve. So if anybody wanted any more information on Tablets and Titans, where would they go?
2: Uh, so the website is, of course, on Kickstarter, um, Tablets and Titans. Um, if you search for it on Kickstarter. Or you can go to um, SPQR Soft. is my company. So spqrsoft.com has... Uh, links to it from there to get to it just about anywhere. Um, of course, if you hey you know, anyone who has any questions can ask me on directly through the Kickstarter or on Twitter or on you know Google Plus. I'm fairly active on there, um, Facebook a little bit. Um, you know, if pretty much anything you need to know, feel free you know ask me. Um, I think the quickest way to find it though, if you're looking for it, is just either go to Kickstarter and search or go to spqrsoft.com. And I have a banner right at the top of the first page you get to. Cool.
1: All right. Well, we have some topics to talk about. Some things in the news from this week. Andy, did you have one that you wanted to start with? Uh, hold
0: on. Let me load up our website.
1: I'll take that as a no. Then we will skip to the very bottom of the list. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is Amazon, yes?
0: Yes. He like, is the CEO of Amazon.
1: He CEO, founder, designer, brilliant, brilliant magician. He's a magician? In the sense that a wizard did it.
0: No, I I, but I thought you meant like he was a magician, like no, Neil Patrick like Harris is a magician.
1: Neil Patrick Harris is a magician?
0: Have you seen How I Met Your Mother? I have not. It's like every three or four episodes, he randomly pulls out a magic trick. Okay. But yeah, Neil Patrick Harris is a pretty good magician.
1: Pretty good pen and teller? Pretty good kid's birthday party?
0: I would say in between the two. Okay. But he, he he could honestly hang out with Penn and Teller, well, I, and I mean most hold people could
1: probably hang out with Penn and Teller.
0: But if they were discussing magic, he could.
1: Okay, he'd know the the words and the yeah. secrets and things like that.
0: But that is completely off topic. Okay, Jeff Bezos, him personally, not Amazon. So this is not owned by Amazon, this is- but just Jeff Bezos himself bought the Washington Post newspaper for two hundred and fifty million dollars.
1: Okay, a wow that he had that much money laying around around. B.
0: Why? I'm not sure.
1: I mean, was this an impulse buy? Was he just walking down the street and saw a a copy of the Washington Post?
0: I think it's just because
1: Or even better, this is this this could be he, uh, you know, he wakes up in the morning, he talks to one of his who, I'm assuming at this point he he actually has staff, right? People who do things for him. He said, "Hey, go down the road and buy me a Washington Post."
0: Oh, and somebody in the staff misheard him. That'd be funny,
1: right? Instead of buying him a a copy of the paper, they just bought the paper because that's about the like most reasonable explanation reality. I can come up with. Yeah, like why would you purchase a newspaper at this
2: point, particularly the post?
0: Do they still have
2: a, a print version, or are they? Oh online? yeah,
0: they do have print still. Yes, yeah, but it's uh, I I I don't know.
1: I mean, at least Amazon ads are going to be really super cheap in the post.
0: (laughs) I love after he bought it, he during his announcement said about his plans, there is no map and charting a path ahead will not be easy. This
1: is like a personal challenge. This was a bet. That's what it had to be. This was a backroom
0: bet. Well, he said that he he doesn't want to change anything with the post. So this is my thought process. Remember, um, who was the guy who started up Tech TV? Leo Laporte. Yeah. No, he was he was like no, no, that 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 was the the, the Twit uh, podcast network. But Tech TV was originally started by somebody at Microsoft. Who was it? Hold on, let me check. Ziff PDF. Davis? No, Ziff Davis bought it. Um, oh, Paul Allen.
1: Okay. Uh, Ziff Davis was founder. Yes. Yeah, it started, owned by started ZDTV.
0: But, okay, so there was ZDTV, which was started by Ziff Davis. Yeah, and, and then Paul, Paul Allen, Allen bought ZDTV bought ZDTV and turned it into tech TV. Right. The only reason yep. is basically Paul Allen wanted a TV show that he could watch. So he bought a whole channel.
1: Yeah, and we saw what happened with that.
0: That's because Paul Allen got bored.
1: So when Jeff Bezos gets bored, the the Washington Post disappears.
0: But maybe that was maybe that was the thing is that Jeff Bezos wanted to make sure that his morning paper was always going to be there, so he bought the paper. I'm
1: pretty sure the paper was going to be there anyway.
0: <laughs> Are you sure? Because not only this is actually not the only newspaper getting bought during this week. Boston Globe. Yes, the Boston
1: sold by the New York Times. Yes, I.
0: <laughs> Let's see, the Boston Globes. Was bought by the New York Times back in nineteen ninety-three for one point one billion dollars.
1: They just sold it for
0: seventy million.
1: That's a significant loss. It's Although like I'm sure it made them money in the meantime.
0: Fire sale on newspapers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's a bad choice of words.
1: I I almost think it's more likely, Andy, not that he bought it because he wanted to make sure it stuck around. It feels this feels like it was a, a backroom bet of him talking to Sergey Brin or someone and going like Yeah, well, I bet you that you can't turn around the Washington Post.
0: I probably could see that. All right, well, what about this, though? What if we take the editorial staff of the Washington Post and have them work for Amazon so you can actually get non-crappy reviews on Amazon?
1: You mean besides the immediate conflict of interest that your boss owns both companies?
0: Well, no, because Amazon doesn't really—outside of the Kindle itself, none of the products sold on Amazon are made by Amazon.
2: Well, they're starting to get, there's, if you go and look for cables and things, you find Amazon Basics, um, USB cables, things like that. So I think they are starting to do more of their own product. Well, crap. <laughs> um, I only know that because I bought one. Um, I could see something happening with the Washington Post content being available on Kindles through this.
0: Well, that would be interesting. Instead of having to pay for a subscription, you buy a Kindle, you automatically get the Washington Post subscription for free? Possibly. Um that could work. That, that, I, yeah, I could see that working. But would
1: that be enough of an incentive?
0: It would definitely help out the Kindle with its magazine and newspaper subscriptions. If people get that one for free and then they're like, oh, well, this is can, really nice
1: and convenient.
0: Yeah, I wonder if my local paper has that. And you'd look and be like, oh, yeah, look, I can get the. The what? <laughs> you're right, that's true. There's not very many, many local papers left.
1: <laughs> the, yeah, like, local paper, that's in in antiquity. I mean hell at its height the, the Celine paper only published what once a week? Twice yes, a week?
0: On Thursdays. Once a week. I think those smaller local
2: papers are probably gonna stick around for a while. I mean my as long uh, as the town supports it. Right. Um you know, the town I'm in, Warland, we have you know, five thousand people, we do a daily paper here. Um Thermopolis is thirty miles away, they do a weekly paper. Um, And those, I think, have fairly good readership. Um, It's the, you know, but nobody, it's the bigger papers that do, none of those papers don't do nationwide or world news. They only do what's happening in your community. Um, I think the only threat that they have is Facebook.
0: Holy crap. All right. So, Dave, we have a cottage up in Manistee, right? Yeah. The Manistee paper is actually still printing six days a week. What? Yeah, that's what I was like, what? Like a page? I I don't know, but they've got six day
1: You know, at that point, though, it's just got to be articles from bigger papers that they're purchasing the rights to.
0: Yeah, I would have to actually look at one, which I can probably do in two weeks.
1: I'll be able to do it as well, because we'll all be up there.
0: But God, I can't believe that. Two newspapers sold in the same week. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll see how long that lasts.
1: Uh, Moving up the list. This one isn't so much an article. It was a post on Reddit. And in fact, it's just the picture that was associated with the post. Uh, the Dota International Tournament is coming up, and so Valve had the Dota 2 Reddit community over for a tour, and someone grabbed a, a picture of a monitor that was just kind of sitting out there that had the change logs on Valve's internal server.
0: Okay. Him, I'm just reading a bunch of things that look like really bad forum posts.
1: That, well, because that, they're changelogs and a lot of them are generated automatically. On the left side, you see where it has products? Yes. So the first column is for general Steam. The second, pro, the second column is for anything that has to do with their web API. The fourth column has to do with Dota because that's Dota 2's symbol. I don't know what the fifth column is, but that third column, Look at that, Andy.
0: Yeah, it's a 2. And
1: look at at a lot of the ones that have that column lit up.
0: Something about binaries, model wraps, source 2. I think I see what you're looking at. Yeah. About 10 of them down?
1: Well, just about any of them.
0: Wait, Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah. There's that one. Wait, are we looking at a Source 2 to be coming out at some point?
1: So, well, so the 2 is Source 2. That's actually pretty much been confirmed at this point. And Left for Dead 3, also oh. now confirmed. I'm much more excited about Source 2.
0: Yeah, because didn't um, Half-Life 2 come out when the new Source engine came out?
1: Yep, and I believe we have a standing bet, Andy. Which is? That Half-Life 3 will be Source 2, that they'll come out with Source 2, and that Half-Life 3 will be part of that. Which it appears I may actually lose on a technicality.
0: Which, uh, you know I don't remember these bets.
1: I know, I could just fake the whole thing. Um, but it looks like Left 4 Dead 3 might be the release game for Source 2.
0: Ooh. I still haven't actually played Left 4 Dead 2 or Left 4 Dead, which I think I have both of them I, on Steam. I own
1: both of them, I haven't played. And we should just sit down and play them.
0: <laughs> I'd rather play Monaco first, because I tried playing that by myself and I died.
1: Okay, On the play first Monaco level. with Brendan and then play Left 4 Dead with me.
0: You know, I'm not good at first-person shooters.
1: Yeah, but it's still fun. You play Team Fortress 2. As a heavy. Okay.
0: On Left 4 Dead, it's pretty short,
2: really. You could play through the entire game in, what, three hours? It's just that it's you know, it's designed to be played over and over and over and over um with it a variety of people. Yeah, it changes well the monster spawns change, but where you go doesn't change. Right. Um, yeah. Steve, what have you been playing? Um lately not a lot. <laughs> uh, been a little busy. Been a little busy. Um, Full time
1: developer in a solo dev company. Yeah, I I could see where that might chew up your free time.
2: Yeah, that and you know, kids and wife and Mm-hmm. Um the I've actually I picked up off the Steam Summer Sale the um, the newer Tomb Raider for you know 12 bucks, which is oh. ridiculous for a fairly new game. Um, How is it? I'm enjoying the heck out of it. That's actually really, I think it's a really good game. It's I've, And I haven't actually played a Tomb Raider before. So this is my first Tomb Raider experience and it's, it's definitely good. I'm liking it a lot.
0: Yeah, I actually enjoyed, I played one of the old Tomb Raiders on the 360 because I picked it up for like a dollar at GameStop or something. Or no, I borrowed that one from Brian. Uh, Brian, GameStop, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> But I enjoyed the Tomb Raider games. I was kind of surprised. I felt a little dirty during some parts of it. Yeah,
2: yeah. With the older ones, I could see that. This one, not so much.
0: So I should probably grab the new one then and not feel as or you out.
2: should play Monaco and then Left for Dead.
0: Or I should I could play Civ Five again now that I picked up a whole bunch of the expansions during this summer sale. Or
1: Civ Five or Monaco and then Left for Dead.
0: You're really fixating on this thing, aren't you? Because
1: otherwise, I don't get you to do it.
0: So, do you think when is the when do you think Source Two would be announced?
1: I mean, it, at this point, it's pretty much been announced. In when fact, do you think it's going to be
0: officially announced?
1: Officially announced and released and outed. Um, what's next? Gamescom?
0: Yes, that's in October, right?
1: Yeah. When's global game? Could be Gamescom. Probably won't be the Tokyo Game Show.
0: No, Gamescom is August twenty-first through the twenty-fifth. Ooh,
1: that's coming up. Yeah. So maybe not.
0: I honestly think. I mean, it's, wait. it's
1: Valve. So the yeah. answer is when they're ready.
2: Right. Valve is such a strange operational company. Yep. you know, it's almost like. I almost get the impression Half-Life 3 isn't coming. You know, We haven't heard about it because they're allowed to work on whichever project they want, is my understanding. So it's just like, and I don't really feel like working on Half-Life, so they don't, so we don't hear anything.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure they've got a couple people still working on it, but right now their focus is going to be on getting Source 2 because there's no point in working on the game if the engine isn't there.
0: Well, it's quite true. You need to walk before you can run.
1: Have they even stated that they aren't going to wrap up Half-Life 2 Episode 3?
0: I think they have stated at that, that point that episode 3 is just going to be Half Life 3. Okay. I think they have stated that. I'll have to double check.
1: Yeah, this whole idea of episodic content just didn't pan out. No.
0: No. Shorter Which,
1: games, faster release times. Well, five years later.
0: I think the closest we've actually gotten to episodic game releases has been Assassin's Creed, which is one game every year.
1: Well, Telltale does episodic content.
0: True. True. I forgot about that. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, besides their main business model, yeah, Assassin's Creed is about it. And
0: yeah, well, that and football.
1: OK, that's not episodic. That's copy pasted.
0: True. What about
2: the um, StarCraft 2? It almost feels episodic the way they're releasing it.
1: I could go with that, although yeah. it took, what, like two years between Liberty and Heart of the Swarm?
2: About that, yeah.
1: Oh, for Blizzard, that's actually pretty quick, so yeah. I'll, I'll grant them episodic content on that, because it's totally within my power to deem something episodic. Okay, but yeah, anyway, Source 2, it's coming. No idea when, but it's coming.
0: So let's see what else we got here, video game related. Ah, Microsoft points.
1: Ooh, I just got an email about that from Microsoft.
0: Some things are coming, some things are going, and Microsoft points are finally going.
1: So what happens to my Microsoft points?
0: Your Microsoft points get transferred over to real-world currency.
1: In the amounts that I paid for them? Have I lost money in this deal?
0: Okay, let's see. Don't worry about your Microsoft points. Uh, we'll continue to accept purchase Microsoft point cards and codes until further notice, and we'll add to your account an amount of local currency equal to or greater than the Microsoft value of those points. So, yes, they're going to turn your Microsoft points back into cash. Hmm. I'm looking am. on,
1: on Amazon at how much Microsoft points cost
0: $5 for 400 points. It's usually, I've always, it should be about 80 points, should be a dollar. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I have so like 500 points right now.
1: If you wanted to do this in very small increments, oh, but the money is still going to be locked into the Microsoft store anyway. Because so I was going to say there's a 4,000 point card on Amazon for $46. So it's $4 cheaper than what the value is worth.
0: Yeah, but then you're going to be stuck with your money in...
1: in Yeah, in the Microsoft store. Which, hey, I mean, if you have a Microsoft tablet, you want to buy a bunch of Microsoft apps, it's all the same store now, isn't it?
0: I don't know. I don't have a Microsoft... I don't have any tablet.
2: I could have a Windows... I have a Windows 8 desktop, and I'm actually eyeing that Halo Spartan Ops for it. Um, I don't have a touchscreen, but it plays with mouse and keyboard, too. Yep. So I could use those points there, or yep. that, that money there. So if you're
1: going to be making a $40 or $50 purchase in the Microsoft store,
0: <laughs> go to Amazon. Save a few bucks. Yep. So Dave, how are you liking your Windows 8, by the way? I
1: hate Windows. I... I have never dis when Vista came out and everyone's like, "Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible! It's terrible!" I, was, I looked, at I'm like, "It's not that bad. It's not much worse than XP. It's fine." Windows 8, I can't stand. I, it, at this point, I've finally gotten it to look more like look and act more like Windows 7, but just oh,
2: why? Are you running on a laptop or a desktop or tablet or
1: laptop that actually has a significant amount of power? No touchscreen. And and I, I get their argument of, well, we designed it for tablets. We designed it for that touch screen interface. And my response to that is fine. Awesome. Put it on tablets. Don't put it on a laptop or a desktop. The stupidest interface I've ever seen.
0: How do you really feel about
1: it? <laughs> and then I the wanted- mouse the mouse does weird stuff if you come in from the side of the mouse. I don't know if that's Windows 8 or just Lenovo trying to be cute.
0: I don't know. So, speaking of video games, still yes, there is a special edition of Saints Row, Saint Rose, Saints Row, Saints Row Four. So the fourth Saints Row that costs a million dollars
1: includes. Saints Row 4, a well, so- virgin galactic spaceflight, a dubstep gun, a hostage rescue experience, a day of spy training, plastic surgery.
0: The hell is this? <laughs> okay, so th- we'll just go through so that you, you get Saint Rose Saint pff, wow, Row. You get the game. <laughs> You get a full-size replica of the dubstep gun, a full day of spy training, a trip to space with Virgin Galactic, one-year membership to E25 Super Car Club, and a Lamborghini Gallardo Gallardo to make it worthwhile, plastic surgery, a shopping spree with a personal shopper, seven nights for two at the Jefferson Hotel in Washington, hostage rescue, a brand-new Prius, and a year of insurance, and seven nights at the Top Royal Suite in someplace. I don't know where this place is. It's in Abu Dhabi. Ah, okay. No, sorry. Uh, Not Abu
1: Dhabi. I'm sorry. It's in Dubai. It's
0: in Dubai. And you get first class airfare wherever you're flown to. Four million dollars. That's... This is definitely a marketing gag.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So I just found a plastic surgery. <laughs> I just found a site that took everything, totaled up its value, and it looks like um it's showing it being about six hundred thousand dollars of value. So that tells me that they just can't. Said, well, if someone
0: wants to give us a million dollars, we can give them all this stuff. <laughs> I'd make four hundred thousand dollars off of it. Right? I mean, why not? <laughs> That's just. Oh. It definitely feels like it fits with the game, though, of everything I, in complete I access.
1: Played any of the Saints
0: Rose games? I haven't either. We could ask Brian about it, though.
1: Someone makes a really good point of uh, they include all this, but not the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So what's what's the theme here besides just like exorbitant amounts of money?
0: No, I think that is the theme. Okay. It's just excess of everything.
1: A Lamborghini and a Prius. Mm-hmm. I guess if you've got the million, who cares?
0: Well, that's what you, you drive the Prius when you're driving out in California. And when you, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you break out the Lamborghini and you floor it. You
1: break out the Lamborghini. Andy, these are cars. They are not like Pokemon. <laughs> you don't get to just switch them.
0: If you're dropping a million dollars on a game, I think you have the point of just, you know, being able to have that Lamborghini flown wherever you want it to be. <laughs> like-
1: airlift the Lamborghini.
0: There's actually, I'm not sure if it's Lamborghini or Ferrari, but one of them was um, you actually had to basically own a Ferrari before you could even get this option. But you were able to, quote unquote, buy a Ferrari race car, but you didn't actually own it. It was stored at the Ferrari factory or Ferrari Lamborghini factory in Italy. And whenever you would want it, they would fly it out to wherever you were going to be, have its own pit crew with it, and let you drive it around for a couple hours, and then they would fly it back to Italy. Sometimes I really wonder about people with lots of money
2: now is that like a timeshare thing or is it are you the only person who gets to drive that car
0: i think you're the only person who gets to drive that car
1: no it would have to be a timeshare thing otherwise why wouldn't they let you just keep it
0: because they don't want you to you know mishandle your multi-million dollar race car
1: If i paid multi millions dollars for it why can't i mishandle it seems like it would be to their benefit to let me mishandle it because then i'd have to buy a new one
2: well unless you die and your family sues them. Sign a contract.
1: Okay, so Saints Row Four for one million dollars, and you get six hundred and forty thousand dollars worth of stuff. Really, only like a a trip on Virgin Galactic. How much does that run?
0: Quarter million. Yeah, where's this website that you looked at all this stuff on? Because um, I, I thought post that. It's on Ars Technica. Um, oh, okay.
2: I just googled. Um, it's called "Do Not Buy the Million Dollar Saints Row Bundle."
0: There it is. Right, hostage the Rescue list.
1: Experience is only $200. Andy, you want to be rescued?
0: No, I'm good. You have to go to the UK for that one, though. I'd rather do the Spy Drive and Training for... Uh, well, that'd be 500
1: Spy Academy for a hundred pounds. Wait, wait. Okay, ready for this? This is the spy training. Specialist surveillance gadgets. Expert instruction. Unarmed combat. Uh, all equipment provided. Allow up to three hours. Gift pack and take part in a laser combat game. You pay a hundred pounds to play a game of laser tag. Yep. <laughs> I can go down the road and pay eight bucks. <laughs> wow. Okay. Saints Row Four. Ridiculous. Tell me about Thirty Eight Studios, Andy.
0: Okay, so remember how 38 Studios was Kirk Schilling's studio? Yeah, they went bottom up. Yeah. Well, now the state of Rhode Island kind of wants to know why it happened. So they started digging into the whole process Mm -hmm. of how we got to where we did.
1: Because they lost a shit ton of money on this, right? Yes. Rhode Island had loaned them incredible amounts of money. Yeah. And what did they discover?
0: They discovered that the... the, The General Assembly would not have created the loan guarantee program without knowing um, if Kurt Schilling was interested in moving his game company to Rhode Island, which was the exact opposite of what everybody was saying before when this was originally happening. So they were writing the laws in order to get Kurt Schilling to show up, and they wouldn't have written the law if he was not going to show up. Okay. Which means basically that they were trying to push this through as fast as possible to get some sort of headline without actually doing the math.
1: So it's their fault?
0: Pretty much. Okay.
1: That's, hmm. It's
0: one of those things where they were like, well, whose fault is it? Wait, it's our fault. <laughs> oh, crap.
1: Why did we lose so much? Oh, because we were idiots.
0: Yeah. Oops.
1: Okay. Uh, lawsuit? GameStop lawsuit?
0: All right. So somebody is suing GameStop. Mm-hmm. This time for the fact that GameStop did not disclose to customers they're buying a used game. Would have additional costs for,
1: for them EA to play online. online passes.
0: Yes. Well, not even just EA online passes, but basically anybody's online passes that didn't come with the used game.
1: Right. And the court says, go for it. Yes. Okay.
0: But this is only for New Jersey. You
1: know that this is not this guy's first lawsuit?
0: No, this is the guy who sued Subway for selling 11-inch footlongs.
1: I mean, that, that's false advertising. I don't know if this is false advertising or not. Evidently, the court says it is.
0: Well, the court says that GameStop did not disclose this information, and it should have. Yeah. Which I think, if you're buying used... Well, some of them would probably clearly mark that they needed the online pass. So let me check Assassin's Creed 3 here, see if it actually says anything on the box. Because I know that's one of them. Okay, so the Assassin's Creed box doesn't have it on there. Even though the online pass was required. Okay, so we might have a point on this one.
1: Yep. Ooh, GameStop. All right. Next. I um, see a topic here for Civ MMO.
0: Yes. The downside is, though, it's only going to be for Asian markets.
1: What?
2: Yes. There's going okay.
0: to be a Civilization MMO. Wait,
2: so so how is that even going to work? Well, it's not an official... It's a different... If it's XL Games, it's not... Is it? It's not Civ Myers Civilization, right? It's just a clone, correct? Or is it...
0: Um, 2K is going to publish it, so they've given the rights to the MMO to okay. be developed by XL Games. Okay, So it's not done by Firaxis, which is the company that did Civilization. But, right.
1: But how would this even work?
0: Um, you Instead of ruling a civilization, you are a citizen of one of three civilizations, and your quests within the MMO contribute to your civilization's overall goals.
1: So it has nothing to do with- with civilization
0: mm, pretty much
1: other than licensing and probably some graphic uh, assets. This would be like if I did a fantasy football simulation and called it Madden.
0: Yeah, they basically, they said, we are working to bring civilization aspects into an MMO rather than bring MMO aspects to civilization.
1: So basically
0: nothing. <laughs> it's pretty much going to be civilization in name only. Okay. Which is fine because, like I said, this is not Asian going to be... Asian market only. Asian, yeah, this is going to be Asian market only.
1: Yeah, well, good for them. I, what's this, is it going to be subscription or free to play or What?
0: Uh, they haven't officially announced that yet so
1: so the real question since a it's asian market only b it's not really civilization but just another mmo that's using civilization terms and licensing do we care
0: probably not okay
1: what else you got um i got one more legal ruling
0: okay if you want to do that one
1: uh texas judge actually a federal judge in texas has declared bitcoin to be a currency oh god
0: does he know what he's doing
1: probably not so bit, this has always kind of confused me, though, in, in Bitcoin, because how has it been recognized as money legally, right? I mean, up until now, because you, you can't create money, but there's this Bitcoin exchange that's creating it. Like, legally, you can't produce your own money.
0: Well, the, it's just an item at this – well, before this ruling, it was just an item that people paid money for. It's, it's like a baseball card. Okay. People paid money for a baseball card, and then you could turn around and sell that baseball card to other people for money.
1: And now it's it's actual currency.
0: Yes, which means it's now going to be under uh, the jurisdiction of U.S. security law. Cool. So the SEC can now... Um,
1: Regulate Bitcoin. Yes. The hell.
0: So is there anything else you want to hit? Because we're kind of running over here.
1: Oh, are we? Yeah. Oh, uh, NVIDIA is opening up a place in Ann Arbor.
0: And what are they going to do with this?
1: Automotive technologies. Wait, what? Yep.
0: So, NVIDIA,
1: the graphics card company, is moving into Michigan, specifically in Ann Arbor, to work to open up the NVIDIA Technology Center, which will design uh, car, kind of the infotainment quote unquote systems and driver info systems. And uh, I don't know, it'll be interesting. But that's that random topic, random review.
0: Okay, random review because that last topic just seemed weird. Um, I'm going to review Scoundrels, which if you're, you're going to try and look it up online, look up Star Wars Scoundrels, which is, as the name implies, a Star Wars book written by Timothy Zahn.
1: Yay, Timothy Zahn. Okay. Tell me about scoundrels. Where well, does this fall in continuity?
0: Uh, in continuity, this falls between Star Wars Episode Four and The Empire Strikes Back. So we're still in the what what era is that one called? The Rebel Alliance era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this book involves Han Solo, Lando, wait, Chewie. Wait,
1: wait, uh, what? What do no. you mean what? I mean no. I mean Lando and Han hadn't seen each other for years.
0: Well, they're in this book together.
1: Gods on no they they hadn't talked since since Lando lost the Falcon to han in in the card game,
0: yep. But they're talking now.
1: Damn it. Friggin' retcons.
0: There's also a couple of other people who you recognize if you know um, Star Wars books, but I won't get into that.
1: Well, it's Zahn, so I assume he's brought back Mara Jade. No. Really?
0: No Mara Jade, no no Jedi.
1: Prince Sizer? Nope. But, but there's Black Sun involvement in this book.
0: Okay, so yes. Okay. He's... If-
1: He's the head of the Black Sun.
0: Trying to remember if he's in the book or not. But I, I also this is don't one want to... Of my
1: favorite eras of Star Wars continuity. And this is one of my favorite authors. And now he's screwing everything around.
0: We'll just say that this is the most... Un-Star Wars? Star Wars book I've read.
1: Is this, like, Ocean's Eleven set in Star Wars?
0: Yeah, pretty much. This is pretty much Ocean's Eleven set in Star Wars. Okay. Where they're on a planet, they have to break into a safe, and it so just happens to involve Star Wars characters. So you have lightsabers, you have all the Star Wars stuff, but... I thought but,
1: you said no Jedi.
0: Yeah, there's no Jedi. There is a lightsaber, though. There's
1: a lightsaber, but no Jedi. Yes. Zahn's lost it. Okay. Good to know. Steve, have you read any of the expanded universe?
0: A few. Um,
2: I read I read the the original Zhan trilogy back when they were new. Um, in Shadows of the Empire, um, and I read the Darth Bane series, which Darth was Bane. Um, that's where they they had to write that to switch to let the old Republic have more than two Sith. That's okay. where they s- start the rule of two. Um, actually, I really enjoyed that series. Um, so it's about a thousand okay. years. Um, Prior to it yeah BBY or whatever the uh, before the know. Battle of Yavin. Um and I really like that series um, I haven't read a lot of the post movie uh, books other than the the Zon, the Thron trilogy yeah, the
1: Thron, or yeah just the Thrawn trilogy
2: hmm. uh, I really like Star Wars and I was um, I know, some of the books just don't feel Star Wars to me so I had a hard time reading them if they involved the main characters
0: yeah this one was it's it's a page turner because I enjoy heist movies and books and that sort of thing that involve heists. But in the world of it, it you honestly could have just changed the names and made it a sci fi heist book and you wouldn't have been. Yeah, but
1: Zahn has, has the license for Star Wars. So. I know. He's got like a permanent in.
0: I do have to say, though, the fact was that this was almost like a one shot. So I didn't have to really know about much of the expanded universe because, like I said, you could just change the names and make it a sci-fi thing and it, it wouldn't have mattered. So it's a decent book. You can it will you'll definitely burn through it if you're interested in it. But if you're looking for something that's got an overarching storyline and stuff. Not this. Not this one. Okay, This is what I would call a beach read where you just plop down and you don't really care much about it. It's not something. You have to seriously think about
1: through is that i've lost track of the expanded universe
0: it's huge now that's what i looked in the this book because it's a, one of the official books in the canon is they have the whole timeline yep with all the books in them the timeline is huge now yep It's enormous. And for some odd reason, Splinter of a Mind's Eye is still in there.
1: Wasn't that canon?
0: It was, but it doesn't seem like it should be canon. It It was one of those things that was written before the original trilogy was even finished. Yeah. So it doesn't really make that much of a sense in the whole scheme of things. For some odd reason, it's still officially canon. I I don't know.
1: I remember reading that. I don't remember when. It was a long time
0: ago. So yeah, Scoundrels, it's out. You may or may not like it.
1: (laughs) And it's 14 bucks on Kindle.
0: I just rented it from the library. Ah, okay. So, random review. No, that was the random review. That's
1: the review. Random topic.
0: Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. What is the best tasting municipal tap water that you have ever had?
1: Municipal. So, the city water. The best tasting city water. Well water does not count, I assume, right? Because that's not municipal. No, that is not municipal. How is the water in Wyoming?
2: In the town I live in now, um, we actually get our water out of, uh, um, the municipal water is out of a, uh, I forget the word for it, a big reservoir up in the Bighorn Mountains. It's actually quite good. Um, it's in here in Warland, but 30 miles away in Thermopolis, their water is pretty bad. It um, it's, the, it's the right next to some hot springs that have a bunch of sulfur and stuff in them, and that water isn't what you're drinking, but it's, it still seeps in. It kind of smells like sulfur, yeah. And it's not good, um, but here, yeah, we have quite good water here in Warland. We actually have a uh, uh, distillery um, that does bourbon that is using our municipal water because it's they like our water so much.
0: Hmm. So Celine- our water is so good, you can make booze out of it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, you need good water to make good booze. Oh
0: yeah, uh,
1: Celine was very copper. I remember that. I'm I'm getting reports, and Andy, you can confirm or deny this, that Ipsy's water was terrible.
0: Oh, God, Ipsy's—well, Ipsy's water on Eastern's campus was—Ipsy so water the was better than the, Ann Arbor water.
1: The water is only the city's water until it gets to the pipes of the building, and then the building is going to influence it.
0: Yes. Ipsy's water was okay, but on campus it was horrible. My guess is because of the pipes on campus.
1: Right. So, I— I might have to, to kind of go out of the U.S. on this one. Uh, when you travel in Italy, you should never drink tap water with two exceptions, one of which is Venice. And they, they take actually great pride in their tap water because their city water, their river water is so disgustingly polluted. It makes the Cuyahoga look like Crystal Lake. Uh, so so their tap water, you and you do understand that reference, right?
0: Yeah, that was the river that was set on fire, right? Right.
1: The Cuyahoga River went and lit on fire. Got it. It was so polluted so venice's city water those canals are so disgusting and so gross so their tap water is actually really good because they take very careful pride in that uh the other one it was rome and you don't drink tap water but you can drink from the fountains and that water was pretty damn tasty granted it was also 98 degrees outside and almost any water will taste refreshing at 98 degrees
0: i can say that most of my life i've actually only been drinking well water
1: Laura is claiming that there is a town in Switzerland that is the best water she's ever had.
0: Well, if it comes from the Northern Alps, I can see that. Right.
1: I'm gonna go with Rome. Just having the water like spewing forth from, from spigots all over the city. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I did.
1: Certainly not Madison. Madison's water is really, really hard water.
0: Yeah, our water here sometimes comes out brown.
1: Gross. Again, though, that's probably your pipes.
0: Probably. It's kinda of funny. Part it's of our any, apartment complex
1: water experience. I think Andy Um, and I are both at a loss on
2: this one. uh, I know the town I grew up in, uh, went to high school in Pierce, South Dakota. The sidewalks are all kind of red because of the iron in the water and people watering their lawns. And dies the sidewalk <laughs> red.
1: Sounds like a bad thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I drink the tap water there. I, you know, I don't drink the right now. I drink water is filtered through my fridge, so I don't drink yep. straight tap water very often. Yep. We we filter the water here too.
0: Yeah. All right. When I go when I go running, when I, which is when I drink most of my water, I run it through a bread of water pitcher first. Yep. Which is also slowly turning orange. From the iron. Yeah. But like I was saying, our apartment complex is kind of funny because part of it is on the city water, part of it's on its own. Uh, well hmm. because of the elevation change in part of the apartment complex one of them is too low for the uh, to be in the city water so they're on their own well interesting i know it's one of those things i didn't find out until um our water had issues because there was a giant clog in the pipes but yeah best municipal tasting water i i really can't say because my sampling has been extremely low limited yeah all, like right. all, all the best water I've tasted has been out of wells. So. Uh, what, you have a problem with well water? I don't
1: like well water. Don't like well water.
0: And right. where you're getting your well water from. Yep,
1: I think it's time to call it, though, Andy.
0: All right, Steve, before you go, all right. we always let our guests pimp whatever website they would like to pimp. Um,
2: well, I guess my,
0: uh, my
2: website would be the want to pimp. I've already done that a little bit, but again, that's uh, spqrsoft.com. Um, and there's links there for finding me on all those uh,
0: all right well thank you well. very much for um, being I also versus... have
2: a personal blog is at Radical uh, oh you got a second one all right oh yeah sorry my, uh, my personal blog is at radicalbomb.com um, and I post random things to that
1: all right well as Andy was trying to say uh, I think we had some audio crossover again but thank you for coming on thank you for talking with us and showing us tablets and titans thanks for having me and we're excited for it good luck
0: all right thank you all right that's a wrap